Hey everyone, wherever you are out in podcast land, uh, I am Mark Jorgensen. I'm the host and the creator of the MarkCast podcast. Uh, for this podcast, we do something uh, I've never done for uh, the, one of the MarkCast episodes. We talk about a TV show. So uh, there's a new TV show called American Crime Story, The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Uh, so in this one, I discussed with Jared Whitley, um, the first five episodes of that show, there's 10 episodes coming out and we talk about the first half and we're going to do another show talking about the second half. So, uh, we go in and discuss, you know, what this show means and where we are as a society and getting into all the different characters and the casting and, uh, kind of go through what we both, uh, consider to be a very well done show and talk about it. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. Uh, just a reminder, the show is on soundcloud itunes and stitcher if you can leave a positive review share it with friends wherever possible that's very much appreciated and uh, any feedback please just email me thanks cost all right jared whitley how you doing today i'm doing great mark thanks for welcoming me back Thanks. So um, we're today we're going to talk about um, the O.J. Simpson uh, name of the show. What's the name of the show, actually? American Crime Story, colon, The People versus O.J. Simpson. So um, what do you think? It's uh, been about, it was 1994-95 when the original O.J. Simpson trial took place. Um, I, I definitely remember it, watching it in school. Um, it was a huge deal, although I was about 12 at the time, so I didn't, I didn't fully get why this was such a huge deal. I knew my, my mom and... A lot of people, a lot of the grown-ups cared a lot about the show, or, or excuse me, about the trial. But I didn't fully understand the broader implications of what was going on. I just knew he was famous and all that. Yeah. What do you, the, what do you I, remember? I think you and I are a little bit too young to have measured a lot of this. Um, uh, the thing is, my main impression from O.J. Simpson when it came out was, yeah. oh, this is the guy in the Naked Gun movies. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I mean, my family, that's what we were most familiar with. You know, he's kind of a comedic actor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know he he'd been he'd been in the public eye for such a long time. Like I think he started his career in the seventies as an athlete, right? Yeah, yeah, sixties, so, seventies, yeah, and then I think he re- early eighties is kind of when he retired uh, from from I think officially from yeah football. Yeah, because I mean football puts such a toll on your body. You can only do it for so many years. Yeah, but he, he was super popular. You know, yeah. he went to USC and he got tons of awards and he was very liked, a like well-liked guy. Yeah, so. and he was able to leverage that into a broader career as a media personality. And, you know, we were watching one of the Naked Gun movies just a couple weeks ago and the O.J. Simpson character, I can't even remember the name, but he's he's this lovable... Nor- Norberg, I think. So Norberg. Right? I think, yeah. Okay, he's this lovable goof, right? Yeah. Where he's... he's Sort of the object of a lot of the physical humor. Yeah. Uh, which he does great. You know, he's got a wonderful goofball face. Yeah. Uh, but it just, everything came out of nowhere, right? Yeah. That it, It's sort of like, what if, what if um, Louis C.K. turned out to be a wife beater and, and an accused murderer, right? Yeah. That, that, that is what I would think of this, this in the modern day. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's really the shock. I remember being in the car when the car chase scene was happening, which is I think the second episode. Second episode, episode, yeah. Yeah. And my mom, I, I was she was taking me to my friend's house and I was like, you know, let's hurry, let's go. And my mom was so tuned into this like every second of that chase. And I didn't fully get it. I was just like, oh, okay, you know, something horrible happened. Um I, but I didn't get why this is such a thing. And my mom stopped, she's like, This man is in serious trouble, significant. But I think the shock of becoming such a well liked person. Yeah. To being such a hated person. I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
hated by some, right? Yes. And, and the show gets into that. Stoutly defended by others. Uh, the other thing we need to mention, now on what I do remember very clearly, uh, and, and the show does a reasonably good job of portraying context of this, is the Rodney King situation. Yeah, and that's kind of like the pretext of the whole thing. Rodney yeah. King was 1982. And in fact, that's how they opened the show. Right. Is they show they just show unedited the the clip of Rodney King being attacked by the cops. Yeah. Uh, and of course, broader than that was than the Rodney King riots was the riots. The riot, yeah, which which, which I, had been boiling for for years and years. Yeah, and I I definitely remember that too. Um, I remember that happening. It was 1992, and then so and then the O.J. Simpson uh, murder was in early. It was the spring of ninety four. Two or three years later, yeah. And then, so, but you still had a lot of this tension in the air um, throughout Los Angeles and and and, and the country. A deep-seated uh, contempt Just, on the part of, of blacks for the LAPD. Yeah. Yeah, and, and they get into that. Um, and I think how they set up the show, we're kind of starting to get into the show now, um, where they show, and, and I didn't know a lot of this, and I assume most of this backstory is true, where um, Johnny Cochran, who later becomes, you know, kind of the most pivotal lawyer in the O.J. Simpson dream team of lawyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He is kind of watching this as an observer. You know, he's a trial lawyer who's defending a lot of, you know, African-American people in the community, people, particularly people who'd been wronged by the police, and sure. he, he defends them. And it, Like he talks about a, a man driving his wife to the hospital, right, and getting, and getting uh, pulled over by the cops, and maybe even shot. Like while he's driving his wife to the hospital, that's why he's speeding. Anyway. Yeah, and, and people shot in the back, and just and yeah. all these kinds of things, and yeah. that's really his whole um, his focus as as a lawyer. And um, he makes a statement early on, which I think you were saying is kind of the whole point of this whole film. Oh yeah, yeah. Statement. I wish I'd written it down. Um, he talks about this this family where where the hu- you know the husband had been shot or a kid had been shot. Yeah, and so he's able to secure financial compensation for damages for the family. Right. You know, some millions from the city. To the survivors, and he says, sometimes money is the only way to get justice, right? right? And right. what he means right there right. is, is you know, there's been this horrible injustice that happened. All we, all that the municipality can do for the wrongdoing of its agents in the police force is to compensate financially yeah, as a restitution. For yeah, the as a restitution. Right, right. But but what we will see at the end, the only way for O.J. Simpson to get quote unquote justice was to have a lot of money to afford the best trial attorneys in the world. Yeah, much better lawyers than we'll see were um, that the prosecution had, which were you know the hired city lawyers. Sure, because he had unlimited resources, right? The- so um, I, I don't know where we should start. Let's start talking about some of the characters. Um, now, we're halfway into the season. There's been five episodes that come out, maybe six now. So um, in another episode, maybe we can wrap up this all up. But just talking with the characters, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., I, I think, was an excellent choice. It's probably fair to start on OJ, but I think he was probably one of the best picks they could have made. I mean, he, he looks athletic. Yeah. Know, he's about the same age. Yeah. Very likable guy, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. And and he he's just completely buried himself in the part. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I read somewhere that it took him a, a couple of months after he did this to yeah. get back into, like, thinking like himself again. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that. Because you see, I mean, we don't see him really uh, uh, as the showboat that O.J. was and that Cuba Gooding Jr. played in, for example, um, Jerry Maguire, right? right? Where he's the young, successful athlete who's dancing around and showing me the money or whatever. Right, right, right. And, right. and, and I think it's very important to have cast him because in our mind, we think of Cuba Jun- Gooding Jr. as a young person as that athlete in Jerry Maguire. Right. The same way we're supposed to look at him as O.J. as a young showboat 
scoring touchdowns. Yes. Yeah, so, he works on that level too. Yeah. Well. So there's a metatextual level to his uh, his uh, his casting, which is terrific. Above and beyond just how good of a performance he's doing. Yeah, and and he does a lot with Cuba. He does this very well with. In the first couple episodes, you know, they give him quite a bit of t- dialogue. He's speaking a lot or monologuing. And as we get more into the trial, it's more about the lawyers and the conflict in there. And he's not, he's mostly in jail, so he's not talking as much. But Cuba is, is very good at doing a lot with very few words and putting a lot of, like, the motion and just that over um, – I, I wouldn't – it's almost maybe exaggerated at time, but he does it so well. Like, just, like, the contorting of his body and, the you know, showing the this, this torment that he's going through. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he does that like, very well. He's used to being the biggest person in the room, the biggest yeah. personality in the room. And so, you know, we can't show you on a podcast, but he always makes these broad, sweeping gestures. Yeah. Like, especially my, my favorite line he's had is where he says, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. That, that, I think that's several times I think that comes out. Uh, yeah, I and, think and, that, there, and there's another one where he says, "I got to get out of here so I can help find the real killers." And he's like throwing his arms around yeah. while he's doing it. Yeah, and and you know, of course, that's something that OJ eventually said is like, "Yeah, I'm going to dedicate all my efforts to finding the real killers." Yeah, yeah, and he said that I think at the end of the trial, he's he's yeah, kind of famous for saying that um, a bunch of times. Um, so let's get into some of the other characters. Um, should we talk about the prosecution? Well, let's. Or? Let's. Um, the what, next on my it? list I have is Courtney B. Vance as Johnny Cochran because. He he's the most yeah. famous person who came out of the trial, and and, and my impression again from Johnny Cochran as <clears throat> as a youth was not watching the trial, but it was watching the parody of him on Seinfeld. Oh, the, uh, the Jackie Childs. Jackie Childs. The, the yes. thinly veiled Jackie Childs. And there's even an episode of Seinfeld where they're directly spoofing this, where Kramer is suing a a, a rich woman who is walking around wearing just a bra. As it sh- and she distracted him, and, and, and he got in a car accident. And the idea is she's flouting society's conventions, and so he gets Jackie Childs to sue her. And the seminal part of the trial, she's asked to try the bra on that supposedly she was wearing while she was walking around indecently, and it doesn't fit her. And, and then it says, and, and, and it, the, the closing line of the episode, I don't know if this would even be funny to kids who would see this in reruns nowadays, but he says, a bra's got to fit right up against a person's skin, like a glove, right? <laughs> and and, and, and the, the parody yeah. of him is very ridiculous. It's very over the top. Yeah. And so the challenge for Courtney B. Vance is to not do that parody, to yeah. not sound yeah. anything like that. I mean, the, the thing that I compare it to is, did Mark, did you ever see the movie W? We, talk, we talked about that one. Yes. So, oh, Josh Brolin, where he was. Exactly. No, not Josh Brolin, but um, the, the actor who plays his uh, Bush 41. James Cromwell. James Cromwell. James Cromwell. So, and James Cromwell is playing Bush 41 in this, and he knows he can't do, he can't sound anything like the Dana Carvey parody of Bush from Saturday Night Live. Okay, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he can't do anything like that at all. And so he plays the character of George H.W. Bush completely different than what's in the public's mind because he has to. Otherwise, he's a Saturday Night Live character. Right. And Courtney B. Vance does the same thing, uh, where okay. he moves as far away as he can from, you know, the, the fast talking. Yeah. And I think I think he's giving the strongest performance in the show. Yeah. Uh, the, the moment when, um, for the first few episodes, he's not involved. It's um, Shapiro. Who's yeah, he, he's just main. commenting on it, like on the media. Shapiro, who is uh, played by John Travolta. Um, we, we'll talk about him in a second. But 
Um, and he's just commenting. He's watching it from afar, and he wants to get involved. And he's so you know anticipating or hoping that he gets involved that he's kind of waiting by his phone at night. They show him in his office a few times waiting and expecting and hoping to get this call from OJ so desperately that he'll get a call, and then he's so excited, and he practices it, um, what he's going to say, and then he says you know very calmly, Hello, Johnny. This is Johnny Cochran. And this guy who's a prank caller um, mm. starts saying, yes, I need your help, Johnny. And he said, okay, thanks for calling, OJ. And he, he continues, because I did it. I did it. I killed her or whatever. And then, you know, he, he goes into this rage, you know, gets so angry because the call wasn't screened, obviously. Um, there's that moment. And there's, I think, the fourth or fifth episode when they're selecting the jury. And there's this moment where Johnny Cochran, he wanted to have uh, enough African-Americans on the jury. Mm-hmm. And there's this moment where they select, um, they remove um, a Caucasian male, and then they select an African-American woman. And there's this moment where he completely silently just, you know, turns around and just has this moment of total excited ec- excitement where he just says, you know, yes, but it's completely silent. And I think just he gets all that energy in there without saying, making a single sound. I think yeah. that just... Uh, that was a perfect moment. Yeah, I agree. Character. I agree. There's yeah. a, there's also a moment where he's uh, le- leading up to before he gets that prank call. Yeah, where he's talking to his wife about it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 it's a great way to show what's on his mind. Like he doesn't want to get involved with it because he's convinced OJ will be found guilty, right? Right. Well, that's what he's telling his wife. Yeah, right? yeah. Trying but to, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. wants to get into it because he knows it's gonna be so pro high profile. It'll be like the biggest defeat of the LAPD that he could possibly achieve. Sure, because sure. it's because it's getting so much attention. Yeah. So um, another one, oh, the, I think the, we the, kind the, of agreed oh, on. We, oh, do you have no touch on him? Yeah. Now, have you have you seen Courtney B. Vance? Have you seen this actor in anything else? I have not. Jackie. I even said Jackie. Johnny. See, that's he does that's it so well. the the line between reality and fantasy is blurred in the modern media market. <laughs> um, have you seen him? In no, no, else? no, 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 no. The, the only thing, it? other thing I remember him from is he plays like a junior officer. Uh, uh, a naval officer on the hunt for Red October. Oh, I don't remember. I remember that movie. So there's there's like that. there's like two like nerdy junior officers. Okay. Uh, there's the a black guy with glasses, which is him. Yeah. And then there's like a white redheaded guy. Okay. And they're like the nerdy guys who figure out, oh, this is where this is where the Red October is. I, I think I think this is the best cadre of actors that I've seen in any TV show. Okay. And I. You know, it's going to be a chance to see which one or ones of them are going to get nominated for Best Lead Actor in the Emmys this year, and I, I think it has to be him. Yeah, I think FX is pretty happy with, with how I it's would, turned yes, out. Yes, that would be a good way to put it. And, and the timing, I mean, just with the whole Black Lives Matter yes. and all that happening, yeah. they started doing this a couple of years ago when they started developing the show. I mean, that wasn't really a part of, you know, the whole media environment as much. Sure. But as they were developing it, they saw that this was kind of, you know, really getting back into the conscious um, with Black Lives Matter and all those, uh, yeah. all these, you know, different and, stories. So. And, and then now, again, to return to what my joke I made about the, um, reality and art blending. Right, right. Then we have like the Oscars so white issue, right? Right. So they, yes. they can really they can really hang a lantern on this issue with this TV show. Yeah. On both sides. On both sides. So um, let's talk, Did about, you want to talk about yeah, John Marsh, Travolta. Mar- uh, John Travolta. Let's talk about John Travolta. I, I thought the first few episodes, I I, I thought it was just a little bit um, annoying, contri- contrived, annoying, whatever. He just seemed to. But but as it progresses into the other episodes. I kind of liked him. I thought he did a good job. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's he's. I felt the same way. Where it was kind of like biting into tinfoil. 
Yeah. The first episode of him. And then you realize that's what he wants you to feel. He yeah. wants you to be completely annoyed with this guy. This this really privileged guy who just sees OJ as an enormous paycheck. Right, right, right. right. And he's always the thing with him is he's always wanting to settle. And I, I wonder how much this actually holds to reality. I assume it was fairly true. Yeah. But you know, he wants to settle, he wants to get the payout because he figures OJ probably did it. And look, he's probably gonna have to go to jail. Why don't we just settle on a manslaughter charge? Oh, jail get five years, or maybe you know, maybe longer. There, um, but you know, there, there's also the impression with him that he, I think he doesn't want it to take any more time than it absolutely has to. Yeah, right. And I think he just wants to settle. <laughs> get the money. And you know, there's he's, a lot he's, of th- he's like a real estate agent who right. wants to get the house off the market as soon as possible. Yeah. Because he knows the difference between a commission check, if he works on it for one week or three weeks or three months, isn't really that big of a difference. So he'll just finish it off and then take a vacation yeah. to Hawaii. Yeah, and his which main, in fact he does. Which he does in yeah. the middle of the in, of in the, the middle of the season. I think like yeah, third or fourth episode, he takes a vacation, and during that time they kick him out, which yeah. I thought was great. It was just kind of this whole coup while he was away. And the whole problem is he just can't see the racial component very well in this, and he can't relate to people. Or he just he just doesn't pick up on those kind of he, like nonverbal cues very well. He he I think he sees the racial issue um, academically. Yes. Oh when, yes. When he hits on that, yes, and he it, does hit on it. Yeah, New like article. with the New Yorker yeah. article. Right. right. Yes. But it doesn't yes. mean anything. Yeah. Like like for for Johnny Cochran, it it's his life's mission. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the that's the better distinction. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I thought John two, Travolta did pretty well. Played really well off each other. Yeah. So let's talk about Marsha Clark. Okay, Marsha Clark played played expertly by Sarah Paulson. Now, now the guys who did American Crime Story are the same guys who did American Horror Story, which just finished its fifth season, I believe. And Sarah Paulson has been the star of that basically since the second season. Right. Um. And she's she's a terrific actress. She's very good at pulling you in to whatever role she's doing and make you really care about what she wants you to feel yeah. and what the, her character is feeling. The problem with uh, American Horror Story is she's always competing with Jessica, uh, bigger actresses like Jessica Lange or Kathy Bates. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah, yeah. and so she always gets snubbed in terms of in terms of. Um, the awards season, yeah. it seems like, because, you know, Kathy Bates has been a beloved actress for decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? She, she's, she's got the cred. Yeah. And, and so I think this is her opportunity to finally get a Best Actress nomination. Who knows if she'll win? The, the real advantage, and, and Cable has figured this out, yeah. of high prestige format TV shows like this to sort of jump already to the, to the award season is you can submit them either to the best drama category yeah. or the best miniseries category. Okay. Right? And so if it looks like the best miniseries category is less competitive, mm-hmm. then they can send it there. If it looks like it's more competitive, uh, they can yeah. go to the best drama. So yes. I think this will be a good year for Sarah Paulson. I think she's she's doing a wonderful job of capturing, and, you know, this is 20 years ago, and there's been, you know, there's obviously a, a gender Politics and a, and a gender po- politics of crime issue involved here as well, right? Which existed at the time, I think, and they get into that, but it's definitely changed. It's, and it's different now. Yeah, as it's, well, not, it's right? probably different. not as much now. Like right, for example, right. there's this great scene where she's sitting in the lobby of her divorce lawyers because Marsha Clark was going through her second divorce. Yeah, and that's a very key point, and they hit right on it right yeah. in the first episode. You know, yeah. which I think is great. It just gives you all the context with this, yeah. mm-hmm. especially with her like. You know, we see her in the morning getting her kids uh, right. fed and off to school. By herself. By yeah. herself. Right. And, and she's in, okay, then there's a scene where she's in a lobby with another woman at this divorce, at this divorce lawyer's uh, office. Yeah. And the other woman leans to her and says, oh, gosh, I hate being around lawyers, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> and she, does, she doesn't say anything. 
here. No, she just no, kind of no. she just kind of glares over at the yeah. woman for a second. Yeah, and she's totally like so serious. She's yeah. like almost stoic, you know, uh-huh. at times. And very, very brilliantly, brilliantly done. I yeah. yeah, yeah. Then there's things like like the way she'll she'll um, she'll smoke. Yeah. Constantly, like, yeah. Like it's just a, anytime she gets a little bit of stress in her uh-huh. office or wherever. Yeah, yeah, that's her. That's her Achilles heel. Uh, there's, there's also, you know, there's this scene where they're they're doing like they're focus grouping potential jurors, and people are saying like the the main reaction they have to OJ is that he's charismatic and that he's handsome, and they say, well, what's the main reaction to to Marsha? <laughs> Marsha, yeah, yeah Marsha, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they say, oh, well, she's a, a quote unquote witch with a B, which we're not using the podcast. We're not going to use it. And and you they can, don't like her at all, especially yeah. especially women don't like her. Yeah, they see her as and, a threat or something. Yeah, yeah, and 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 she doesn't go off on any kind of big feminist rant or get angry. She she's just there's kind of a a, resi- a hurt resignation. Yes. As, as she starts to realize that more, and she's like, well, what's wrong? What's wrong yeah. with the data? And, but she's kind of accepting it. Yeah, she gets a little more resigned about it. Sure, because, yeah. of course, to her, she's the hero of her, of her own story. Right. Right? And right. she's the one which, I mean, we, we don't know who the real killer is, but we do know that O.J. had, had hit her, and there, there had been a history of violence there. Yeah. And I didn't realize, I mean, all the publicity is that kind of plays out early on where um, people were bringing all this stuff, they were injecting all those things into the trial, and that kind of like threw the, def- the prose- both the prosecution and the defense, it kind of threw them through this whole back and forth, which um, plays out very interestingly in the first few episodes. I think that's kind of yeah. one of the main kind of dramas that come out. Um, so, so, so she, she's, she's great. I think she's she's great, though. I think, I think yeah. Marsha Clark, though, as she's kind of one of the main focal point, really. If yeah, one, I agree. I think. Her and Johnny. Her and Johnny, um, and I think it's brilliantly played. I think those two characters um, alone, their performance makes this worth watching. Yeah, just it does for their performance. It does. And the other, the other thing that they're doing such a great job of is everyone is empathetic, right? And you kind of, you kind of root for everybody on the show. Yeah. E- yeah. Even, even like OJ, because Cuba Gooding Jr. plays him so pathetically. Yeah. You're like, how could this? Viral yeah. figure of manhood be reduced to this guy. Well, and then they show the family. They show a lot of stuff. You know, the cameras couldn't show at the time. Sure. Uh, so, what other? Do we want to talk about David Schwimmer and the Kardashians? Yes, I think Schwimmer is first. Great. Before we get into it, or should we just talk about the Kardashians? Well, I just want to say I had no idea that there was a connection between the Kardashians and. Yeah. And the O.J. Simpson trial. I, I think I read about it a, a year or two ago, and I was kind of like, oh, yeah. wow, their father was like a lawyer for yeah for, for O.J. He was yeah. a friend and a business partner of O.J. Simpson for a number of years, like uh, 20, 20, 30 years, probably his oldest friend. And then um, they had been divorced, though. They're, they're, it it seems like from the on. show, they, they were divorced, but it was still kind of fresh. Yeah, and it was very, but it was still very cordial, and they spoke, and you know, it wasn't like there was, there was, there was that much black, bad blood in between the two of them. Yeah. So. Okay, so so... I I I can't really remember seeing David Schwimmer in anything else except Friends. Yeah, <laughs> and and like <laughs> I know he has he has like, been in some other stuff. But. Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox were the two friends who were able to really uh, yeah. escape hit the escape velocity. Yeah, yeah after yeah, that yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, and I think of the six of them, Jennifer Aniston is the most talented. Uh, and so it's it's fun to see David Schwimmer back. In, in in you know in the public si- uh, uh, I, uh, public limelight, I, I think he 
he doesn't have the biggest role in the world, right? But in this one, it's quite key, though. But it is. Especially in those first few episodes. He is the friend who's kind of talking OJ off the cliff. Yeah. He's really the the strongest advocate OJ has. Who's who's loyal to a fault. Yeah, and who believes OJ that he's innocent, at least for the first couple episodes. Yeah. And then he has this moment of his conscience where he realizes... You know, it's it's very likely OJ probably did this, yeah. and he kind of struggles internally. But ultimately, he's very loyal to his friend OJ. Yeah, who yeah. And I think playing the nice guy for him, I, I think it just comes off perfectly. Comes naturally. And he's old enough now where it just seems to make sense, and it's not like you don't feel sorry for him that much. So much as like being this kind of like helpless nice guy, but sure. Who's also trying to do like the right thing as a single dad now? Yeah, as, or as sharing. Uh, yeah, it was shared custody. custody shared custody. Yeah. Yeah, there's moments, I think, um, the best moment, I think, is when they're meeting with Kim. They, they show, you know, the Kardashian girls. As soon as they see their, their father on the TV show, you know, they go crazy. Like, and they ah. start spelling their name out. And I think they had, I mean, it just feels, I, I don't know what how, how to describe it, but it just feels kind of surreal the way they're kind of using that. Yeah. To just kind of show, well, that, that's their first taste of fame. Exactly. And really, kind yeah. of when they started thinking this, and there's this well, point and, of and conflict. Also, and also, oh, sorry, sorry to go interrupt ahead, you. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, the idea that I mean, there's this whole class of, uh, and they made a line about they made a line about it, uh, reference about it on True Detective this year, where they say, um, "You'll become one of those California rich families who don't even remember where the money came from, right?" right. And and there's this whole class of elites in in Southern California who live this life of privilege. Right. 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 Um, and, and and these kids are growing up in it, right? And so they're kind of representative for that whole um, demographic, who we would get to know better in the subsequent years uh, on reality TV show. Now, and I don't just mean the Kardashians, but like that whole idea of the yeah, and, and I think too, with Mercedes. I mean, I mean, if you ever, I think it's Robert Kardashian. I think it's his name. Um, and if you go Wikipedia search him, I mean, he's got a very interesting. His family came from this like sect of Christians coming from Armenia, Armenia or Turkey, I think, and they like Sorry. emigrated to the U.S. You know, um, I, I think he did, or his parents, his grandparents did, because um, they were persecuted. And they came over, and he remained a very religious and devout person. Um, yeah, and we, we see that in the show, like him holding the Bible and praying and like, oh, my gosh, how can we get to save my friend? Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's a moment where O.J. has a gun to his head, and he's the one who kind of talks O.J. out of it initially, mm-hmm. at least. And then uh, and then the car chase scene happens, and, and I wasn't and, totally and satisfied with that scene, with, with that whole the, episode. But before we move on, yeah, that, there's yeah. a couple more things about the Kardashians. Kardashians. Okay, yes. I, I love, <laughs> I love the, uh, the sycophantic way yeah. that he uses O.J.'s nickname. Oh, oh Juice. 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 Like, he's always so proud, like, I get to call him Juice. And, and the way he says... Uncle Juice, Uncle right? Juice. To try to ingratiate himself onto onto that celebrity, yeah. and there's even a moment where his ex-wife, who I, I don't remember the name of the actress who's playing her, but this small couple moments she's had, she's been great in them, where she says, "He's he's not their real uncle." The yeah, mo- yeah, the yeah, mother. yeah, 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 yeah. Mrs. Right. Kardashian. Yeah, let's yeah, let's yeah. settle on that. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, he's not he's not their real uncle, but you can tell he's just attracted to the fame, and I think he's kind of the voice for. Uh, the, the one moment I, I love, though, too, I think this is really though, is when um, they're ha- at a restaurant with all the kids, with Kim Kardashian yes, and yes. Kelly. and it's all like these Father's things. Day, I think. Yeah, yeah, and they're having lunch, and then there's this moment where they're all talking about, you know, because um, they're divided. Like, like the Robert, he's loyal to his friend OJ, but the mother, she was friends with Nicole. Yes. So she's pissed that— And, and she knows that he hit her. 
Yeah, and she right. knows the history, and she believes you know OJ was guilty, and he did this you know horrible murder, and then so there's kind of a divide where the kids are saying this, and then Robert Kardashian, you know, the Kim that are saying, oh, dad, well now you're gonna be famous. You're you're working with OJ. You're famous now. And there's this moment where he says, you know, kids, he's like, fame is not important. It's important to be good to our friends. Yes, loyalty. Loyalty to your friends. That's what matters. That's what matters. And, and they have this shot for about four or five seconds <laughs> where they show Kim, and she's just staring over at him yeah. <laughs> with this kind of coy smile. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. what. Whatever, Dad. You, you idiot. You have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, there's this fantastic article. It's on Entertainment Weekly. You can Google it. It's called Defending the Kardashians, Why Showing the Kids is Crucial to the People versus O.J. Simpson. And now, there's been a lot of blowback on Twitter where people have bemoaned every time the Kardashian kids show up. Yeah. And, like, in the first three episodes, they'd only appeared in for 23 seconds. But yeah. people just hated them. And there's this great line that, that in this article uh, that, that the writer puts where he says, We've already established that the O.J. Simpson saga, replete with ugly opportunism and cameras everywhere and celebrity disgrace, wet America's appetite for the empty calories of melodrama. If modern reality TV was a gruesome monster created from the stew of O.J. coverage, which I believe it is, it's, yeah. I believe he's absolutely right, then keeping up with the Kardashians was obviously an egg laid from that monster. Wow. Isn't that some beautiful that's writing right, that right there? Well, that's well said. Joe McGovern. Yeah, Joe McGovern, February 26, 2016. Yeah, go, go look that up. Interesting. Okay, so anything else on the Kardashians or David Schwimmer? Oh, I'm sure people will get enough. If you watch the show, you'll get, you'll get your fill. Yeah. It. So um, I, I, where, as far as like where, where the show goes, how it ends, um, I mean, I think it's pretty clear. They're going piece by piece. Um, probably in the next couple episodes, they're going to have that, if the gloves don't fit, you must acquit. Yes, that's, I mean, they got the most do famous that. line in all of American jurisprudence. I, I think it's going to be kind of hard to like maybe match the dramatization of that for what because the reality we, was. Because we all know what we know what happened, right? Yeah. It happened yeah. twenty years ago. I remember in like uh, when it happened in high school. Yeah, like watching it in class. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think anyone alive at that time, if you were teenage years or above, yeah. Teenage years to like maybe year six, every age yeah. range. Yeah, and then a few years later. You saw it. Yeah, it's a very divisive issue. Um, anything else we want to say about this? Is that okay? Had the, there uh, have there been any surprises so far? <sighs> well, you know the Cato Kalen character. Yes, they're, they're setting Cato Kalen. They're setting him up to be very significant. First of all, who who the heck was Cato Kalen? So Cato Kalen. Uh, so he knew he was friends with him. He was an actor, an aspiring actor who did a few like kind of B movies and stuff in L. A. in the eighties. He became friends with Nicole after she had divorced with O.J. Simpson. Okay. So I think he met her at, at some, in Aspen or some ways, kind of in that party circuit. Sure. Because people like to party and yeah, hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he was going to live with Nicole Brown um, after she was divorced. And then he But there was nothing romantic between the two. He, he, he claims no. Okay. He claims they were just friends. Because they always described him as a house guest. Right. And I always... Saw house guest was a very pleasant term for bum. Well, and what they get into, and if you look on YouTube, there's a lot of like the footage between Cato Kalin, and there's about 15 minutes of it, the questioning of him. Uh, but it's it's quite telling. They tried to show that really Nicole offered Cato Kalin the, the chance to live with his house, like save on rent, okay. you know, give me 500 bucks a month, you can stay at my house. Um, just because she was a little bit tight on funds, whatever. And then O.J. Simpson, who'd actually remained pretty good friends with Nicole. Uh -huh. um, I think there's the fifth episode that friend of Nicole Simpson kind of said they were the least divorced, divorced couple. Oh, yeah. Right? I think the Connie, Brit Connie Britton character has that line. Yeah, so they were kind of coming back together and remaining in contact. It was like back and forth, even after they're divorced. And O.J. Simpson <laughs> was friends with Cato as well and kind of offered, well, not so much friends, but just kind of say, hey, man, well, you can stay at my place for free as a means to kind of get him away from Nicole. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, they tried to make that point that OJ's jealousy was, you know, to the point where, you know, he would let people live in his house, you know, just because he didn't want any guy near Nicole or something mm. like that. That was the point they were trying to make. Yeah. And he was at the house when, like, the, when the murder, the night the murders happened. Oh, so he, he was. See, and that actor who plays Kato Kalin, I can't remember his name right now. Yeah. Um, he, he's also on American Horror Story, and so he's one of the few other actors they brought over from that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, he's interesting. He injects kind of some... Some, some fun and frivolity into all of it. He you does. Know? He's not a very serious person. Sure. Or as nearly serious. So given the subject matter, yeah. I think he's kind of a welcome relief from that, I guess. Uh, yeah, Comic because, relief. Yeah, because you see him, and he does such a great job. I mean, he's, he's this handsome, fit young guy who, who, who does the doofus jock so well. Yeah. And, and I also think he's then, if the Kardashians are the face of like the rich elite Southern California right. populace. He's the the surfer bum dude type aspiring of actor. Aspiring you know. actor. You got aspiring your dreams. Actor, you go to LA. Slash surfer dreams. slash waiter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> slash everything all into one. Mm-hmm. Um and any other points we want to make? I, I thought that the biggest surprise, uh, one of the strongest scenes so far, and it kind of shamed me, and yeah. I think it was supposed to shame everyone, is the scene where where um Ron Goldman's Oh yeah, so Ron Goldman's parents. So he was it was, he was murdered. That was his dad and his sister. Right, I, I, right. maybe it was his parents. I don't know. And they're confronting defense attorney Marsha Clark. Yes, uh, about, uh, pr- uh, district assistant district attorney. Assistant district attorney. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, and they're confronting her with the fact that um, quote Ron is a footnote to his own murder, right? Yeah. And she and and he's saying. The, the dad is saying, all these people don't care that my son was killed and he was a good person and they're making fun of him. And whenever they bring him up, they just make fun of him, like that he owned tanning salons or whatever. Right. Um, and and, and Marsha realizes, oh, crap, I'd forgotten about him too. Right. Because, yeah, yeah. because her big issue is standing up for the woman, right. A, wanting to put a, a someone she assumes is a killer behind bars, right. B, also writing the injustice of... As a woman, a woman who's getting divorced, you know, defending yeah, yeah. a woman who was divorced. Who, who feels the world abused. is unfair to women. Yeah. And this is a way that, um, she you know, writes an in, institution yeah. that is supposed to be positive toward woman, you know, the man is supposed to protect his wife, and right. instead he kills her. Right. Right. And in doing that, she kind of overlooks that, hey, there was this other innocent There was this other perfectly guy innocent guy. Who was killed in this as a wrong place at the wrong time. Who, with all the media attention showered on the OJ, and Nicole was kind of just, you know, in the background. It's kind of, yeah. oh, yeah, there was this other guy who was also killed. And, you know, and they tried to make the point. He was a really good guy. Yeah. You know, he didn't drink. He didn't do drugs. He was like a fitness, you know, yeah. Well, wellness. Yeah, that was interesting. So, um, anyways, we'll do another show, kind of wrapping this up. I think uh, the first yeah, five episodes. Yeah, once the show finishes. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. I think... Uh, uh, they're worth watching, and you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I think it's terrific. It's the new, uh, to, for me, it's the new Mad Men or Game of Thrones where I have to watch it as soon as possible I can. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you.